Testament. February 8th, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, through chapter 26, verse 13. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit upon His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in His presence, and He will separate them as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at His right hand and the goats at His left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will tell them, I assure you, when you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me no clothing. I was sick, and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I assure you, when you refused to help the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover celebration begins in two days, and I, the Son of Man, will be betrayed and crucified. At that time the leading priests and other leaders were meeting at the residence of Caiaphas, the high priest, to discuss how to capture Jesus secretly and put him to death. But not during the Passover, they agreed, or there will be a riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had leprosy. During supper, a woman came in with a beautiful jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste of money, they said. She could have sold it for a fortune and given the money to the poor. But Jesus replied, Why berate her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but I will not be here with you much longer. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I assure you, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be talked about in her memory. Psalm 31, verses 9 through 18. Here we will read about 
some foes that David had. David's enemies persecuted him, lied about him, and spread a net to catch him. Where could he turn for help? Only to the Lord. If the hand of the enemy is against you, find safety in the hand of the Lord. And we'll read about feelings. David was ill, possibly as a result of his own disobedience. See, God can use enemies and sickness to chasten us and bring us to a place of submission. David's enemies laughed at him, and his friends ignored him. All David could do was turn to the Lord for help, and the Lord did not fail him. We'll read about faith. The emphasis is on David's faith in the Lord. Because of his faith, David was not ashamed, but rejoiced in God, and enjoyed the smile of God upon his life. He knew that God's goodness would carry him through. There are many of you today that pray in times of danger. There are thousands of people that pray, but they pray only when they're in times of great stress, danger, and uncertainty. I've been in airplanes where the motor conked out and people started praying. We've flown through bad thunderstorms when people who never thought to pray before were praying all around us. It seems to be instinctive in man to pray in times of trouble. Christ commanded his followers to pray both by the example he set in praying and in his teaching. So fervent and direct were his prayers that once when he had finished praying, his followers turned to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. On another occasion, he taught them to pray by way of illustration through a parable. He taught of the widow and the unjust judge who rendered a favorable decision to the widow, not because he feared her, but because of her perseverance. So Jesus said that men ought always to pray. From one end of the Bible to the other, there are stories of those whose prayers have been answered, men who turned the tide of history by prayer, men who fervently prayed and God answered. Abraham prayed, and as long as he prayed, God would not destroy the city of Sodom where Abraham's nephew Lot was living. There's only one power available to change the course of history, and that is the power of prayer prayed by God-fearing, Christ-believing men. Our nation was founded by men who believed in prayer. Benjamin Franklin said at the Philadelphia Convention in 1787, when our government was in the process of being formed, I've lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. Our first president, George Washington, led his armies to victory, but not until first he had taken time alone to invoke God's blessings upon their cause. Down through our history, our nation's leaders have carried their plans and hopes to God in prayer. Yet today, we have come to a place where we regard prayer simply as a formality. We have no sense of coming to grips with God, but simply the continuation of a venerated tradition. But you have never come to know Jesus Christ, and the scripture says the one mediator between God and man is Jesus Christ. You must know Him, and you must pray in His name. Your prayers must be directed according to the will of God. Many of you do not know how to pray. Why don't you start today by saying, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Let Him forgive the past sins. Transform your life and make you a new person. He can do it today in answer to the simplest prayer.